Well, hello, hello. Well, hello. I feel like I just, you know, saw you earlier today. Did we see each other earlier? I think so. Where did I see you? The obstacle course. Oh, the, the good Alexis. old Nash 2 obstacle yes, course. Yes, the Alexis obstacle course. <laughs> Shooting some photos and drone over at Nash 2 in Zilker. Yes, watching watching framing go up and, and things of that nature. It's always a good time to see something physically come out of the ground. Yeah, I just noticed that, um, I mean, I did drone yesterday, but Nash... They're not only vertical now, but now they're on the second story of yeah, the custom home. Absolutely. And then, you know, later this week, we're getting a majority of the lumber delivered mm-hmm. for the other houses and framing's going to be going up. It's going to be a busy week out there for sure. Yeah. I'm on a text watch with Jorge, <laughs> our head of, he's the head of construction, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a, um, a watch list on when my tresses are arriving. So you can run out there. Yeah, so I can go get some. Yeah, watch for holes, get some drone. So, um, well, good seeing you. And today we're talking about set studio. All about set. Uh, We're kind of going to dive in more from the first episode. So I have some questions for you. Yes, shoot. Um, I'm here with Mike. From Set Studio, we today are talking all about Set. This is actually our second episode. Yeah, excited to do this. You know, second one. Um, hopefully, it'll be a little smoother than the first one. <laughs> I think they'll get better as time goes by, for sure. Definitely. So let's talk about uh, Set Studio. We talked a little bit about it in episode one, but I really want to dive in. You know, in a nutshell. What, what are you doing? What is Set Studio? Well, Set Studio is a, uh, a, a design build firm. Granted, you know, we do most of our interior design and design in-house for most of our projects, although we do hire and gain the support of local architects as well. So we have local architects that draw our plans. We are very involved in that aspect. And what we like to kind of coin ourselves as is, is a one-stop shop. We do a lot of work with investors. Um, We do a lot of work now um, with actual homeowners, too. So we like to be able to provide a service based on the relationships that we have made over the years to to help the process be easier for a client or for an investor. So we're talking custom homes, speculative homes. What about commercial, restaurant? Commercial, the same thing. We did a lot years ago. Um, Did a lot of bars and restaurants. Um, After my short stint in the bar industry in my early 20s, still have a lot of friends in that industry that that I keep in touch with very well. Some of them are are still clients, but most of them still are all great friends. Um, We are starting to lean a little bit more to commercial now. Um, We've got a big project coming up in East Austin that that we're pretty excited about as well. Um, Something that we are looking to co-develop, not necessarily build, but be more on the development side. Ooh, you haven't told me about this yet. Yeah, it's a a job on Weberville in 7th Street. So it's in the design process right now. Um, Dick Clark Architecture is doing the architecture on it. my business partner on it, Kyle McDaniel, uh, a fellow that you guys will probably meet at some point or another, has kind of taken the lead on this and has been uh, immensely helpful 
in this endeavor to get get it through site plan and uh, architectural plans as well. Yeah. You guys are also doing a lot of custom homes right now, right? Absolutely. You know, we went through a time period where, where I said we would not do any more custom homes. However, you know, there's a lot of talented artists and or architects. I kind of classify them together. Um because at the end of the day, it, it, architecture is art, um, and we're in no shortage for you know good talent here in Austin. And working with some of these really forward-thinking architects that design really cool products are something we we really want to be a part of. You know, we do several, and a majority of the the, the projects that we build and or develop, we're we're doing one hundred percent our own. So we have full leverage over choices, how something's designed, how it's laid out. Whereas this, this gives us the opportunity to have our eyes open to other things that, that clients or the market may be seeing that we don't necessarily see um, or have privy to in front of us. Yeah. We'll definitely probably dive into some of the uh, custom homes that you have coming up, especially the one in Driftwood. Oh, there's my mic. There it is. <laughs> there she is. Um, okay, so when I first started working with you guys, you were telling me about what set meant in terms of the Badger's home. I want, I want to know. I want everybody to know about that because I think that's so cool. Yeah, I had one of the very first uh, – let me step back. Set Studio is actually known – for a backyard office or backyard bedroom um, years ago. The tiny uh, homes. The tiny homes. Yep, back before <laughs> they were cool. Um, <laughs> you know, there was a time in the market that uh, new construction slowed down, remodels slowed down, banks weren't lending, but people still needed additional space, whether it be for an office, for an art studio, a workout room, things of that nature. So kind of as a pet project, um, I had come up with building these spaces in people's backyards, you know, something that did not necessarily have to be permitted. Um, in Austin, anything under 200 square feet that's not permanently attached to the ground can be considered, you know, a storage unit or an accessory building. And so this was kind of the loophole that we were trying to fall under. I had a good buddy of mine um, who has a, a hefty marketing background as well while we were constructing the prototype, if you would, or the very first one that we built, he was helping us come up with an actual name for this product. Um, brilliant guy, good buddy of mine, Joey, that uh, came up with the term set. And, and set, it by definition, is a small Badger's home. I guess Badger's live in a small community and that rang a bell with this small footprint office or uh, studio that we would that we would build. So for years prior to that, even you know, uh, I had built houses, custom homes, and speculative homes as well. And for years, I had always wanted to be in design magazines. I would submit our work continuously to design magazines and just never hear anything back. And one day, we got picked up. Um, by Dwell Magazine for the studio that we built for Joey. So um, a lot of times if you do go in, in Google Set Studio, you'll see some of uh, the, the, the very first studio or studios that we built. So it's in his personal front yard, and uh, 
at that point, what we did is we just rebranded everything. We rebranded our construction business and the modular business to become set studio. Had to take advantage of of that bit of uh, exposure. I've totally Googled this before, but I just Googled it now. And it's, it's funny because you were so pre-pandemic on this and so pre-Elon Musk. Well, and On the tiny homes, the ADUs, absolutely. having office space. Yeah, we, I want to say we started this around 2010. Wild. So we were, we were one of the first, you know, and, and we also used it as a, a creative outlet. We definitely were not the cheapest in town when it, when it came to this product. Um, we, we built some that you would shake your head out if you, if you understood the, the price point of some of these, but we, we've had people spend a couple hundred grand on 200 square feet. So it, it was unbelievable. Most of the materials that we did or supplied were all handmade, hand bent on site, um, just truly, um, handcrafted. So we did several in Austin, but, but more than anything, we built and shipped a lot to LA and the surrounding areas, just because California has such strict building codes out there. Yeah. I bet all the people that have these that had either were a couple or working from home with somebody else, I bet they were very happy to have these during the pandemic. No, absolutely. I've, it's a mindset to me. You know, years ago, I used to solely just office out of the house. And even for me, it's there's something mental about walking out of your house, closing the door, walking into some other place and opening the door um, to actually do work because it's a mindset. I think, you know, if you're if you're in an environment where the dishwasher's going off or the dryer's going off, you constantly get up. You want to let the dogs out, give them water, do this, that or the other. And you get distracted quite a bit. So this was a, a great opportunity for people to gain space as well as um have those extra places just to actually get away. Mm. I mean, we'll talk about Nash uh, more later and kind of in another episode, but you've definitely carried over the brand. Have you carried that over the, when you look at the tiny homes, if anybody's Googling it, if you Google set studio, it's within the first three photos, but then maybe eight photos down, we have a picture of our property Nash that has the pools nash one um was that on purpose carrying over the kind of some of the design elements the wood well and that you know it, it was a personal preference of mine um early on with those first studios we we did a burned charred mm-hmm. siding called shushugi bon mm-hmm. um and that's something that we personally did um in-house i don't know how many square feet of wood I've actually burned over <laughs> over time, and I do not wish to ever do it again. But um, we did that kind of before it was cool, and I had found it in 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 some journal, and uh, I copied it. That's how most most ideas start, and I kind of did a different twist on it. You know, we burned it and then scraped it with a wire brush, which exposed a part of raw wood, and then we stained it almost a, a cherry color so it the siding in person almost looks like a black cherry which was something that was just not seen at the time um that was a personal aesthetic that i liked um and in, in a lot of our speculative homes and homes that we develop 
that uh, we start that don't currently have buyers. We put a lot of our uh, design aesthetic into it, and that's that's one of them for sure. You know, we, I love contemporary, um, but I also love warm contemporary. I think that you know you can have a white box as long as you have warm. Uh, warm tones to it a lot of greenery a lot of landscaping things of that nature Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty incredible when you look at these photos okay so wait joey joey's friend talk about tell me about him he was the one that photographed these tiny houses so when you google set studio these homes that kind of look like they're in the middle of like the forest or tulum he his friend uh, photograph those yeah absolutely a fellow named blake gordon who's a very well-known photographer does uh stuff for national geographic oakley thinks you know real real prominent type clients um did the photos for me my buddy joey told me he said look this thing's gorgeous we can't skimp on photography and we've got to get the best of the best and and truly the photos i feel is a product awesome absolutely you know, I, I, um, I, I firmly believe that. But I also firmly believe that the pictures do this thing such justice when, when often two-dimensionally it's hard to express how good something looks. So, you know, I give a lot of credit to Blake as well for these pictures that he did just because he's a phenomenal photographer. Yeah, they – I mean, when you look at these photos, they – they have a legacy. It's it's kind of wild to think that these were from, what year were these, 2000? I think 2010, 11, right yeah. around in there. Yeah, you would think that these just came out uh, pretty recently because you carried a lot of the design aspects over too, or yeah. you were just ahead of your time. Absolutely. It's kind of funny. This was also right when we finished this up, um, maybe a year afterwards or so, um, Howl's uh, the app and the uh, website came up, H-O-U-Z-Z, which is a great site to be able to look at different um, different aesthetics and uh, different designs, things of that nature. Great for people who are looking to build a home. They had just started their website, and we were one of the very first ones on house, and to this day still uh, have been honored enough to have uh, some of the most downloaded pictures on their entire website. So, um, and, and most of them do come from this original studio. So that's that's kind of a, a little bit of claim to fame. We got in on a on something that was starting off, if you would. Yeah, I mean they look great. So um, let's talk a little bit too about the. You guys are in Austin. And you guys have been here in Austin this whole time. So what areas are you exploring next? Absolutely. We've been, you know, I've been real lucky to be in this Austin market, even through some of the downtimes. Um, The Austin market's always been, in my opinion, very well insulated. We've always had good job growth. Um, People continuously want to move here. So even in times where it's slowed down or other areas may have been hit, Austin's uh, values have never really gone down. They may have stayed stagnant for a period of time when banks weren't lending or people weren't buying, but we've stayed very well insulated. So one of the things that we love about Austin, my wife and I are, are huge foodies. So we travel a ton and we base our travel around food. So 
one of the biggest things in looking expand in expanding to different markets we've got to go somewhere that's got a legit food scene um and also places that emulate the things that austin has done you know at one time austin was the music capital of the world and unfortunately i think that 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 time is gone um and one of the first places that stands out is nashville nashville really has become uh in my opinion now the music capital of the world a lot of people from austin a lot of musicians left and went to nashville um nashville's got a serious food scene um one of the things that they do have that austin doesn't really have those they've also got professional sports so you've got professional sports um a young crowd a young market uh great food good music a lot of parks a lot of greenery it really is a fun place to be so nashville i mean was a no-brainer to us mm-hmm. so that's that's our next step in expansion yeah and they and how's the uh you know i know that in the last year or two i know a lot of people that were looking to move to austin and nashville to buy because those are the places that you can afford especially young people in their 30s i think that i saw that the the median age for Austin is 33. And I think that in Nashville, it's like 33 or 34 also. Yeah. They, they, it's almost a mirror image. If, if you were to look at the demographics, um, there are a couple things that, that do separate it. I think Nashville's one of the only places per capita that have, the amount of universities that they have. They've got five or six universities there. And Nashville isn't very big. You know, one thing that that Austin kind of missed the boat on that's kind of difficult to go back and, and rewrite history is there was never proper infrastructure in Austin to handle any type of growth, whether it be utility-wise or road-wise. And unfortunately, this city... Um, has has not done much to improve that um austin could be a lot bigger and badder um if some of those thought processes uh were actually seen to have happened um traffic is horrible in austin Mm -hmm. it's it's getting very la-ish um and for the size of austin being as small that was also something else that we looked at um nashville you can get from north nashville to south nashville in traffic in less than 10 minutes and it's because they have a roadway system that's set up to handle mass amounts of population. So, so they just need you. Yeah, they need more houses. We just, they just need more. They need more good-looking houses. Good-looking houses. Yeah, yeah I saw absolutely. some of the ones you were showing me. Yeah, those. What are they? The brownstone. Yeah, is a very. Is a. Is it, you know, and and there's a place for for all of that. However. Um, I think that each market, especially markets that are growing, are prime for new visions. Yeah. You know, we've got a, a product that we're going to be bringing out there um, is unlike anything that's out there. Um, very common nationwide, but very little there. Um, and, and we kind of want it to be an unveiling. Um, it's something I think that that will catch the eye of a lot of people and something I think that will be very successful out there. Yeah. So you what you're doing in austin you know building like right now the development nash it's a speculative development where you took over that street and you built affordable houses that were built with sustainable 
materials and different ways to um, make those homes sustainable, use different ways. And so you're working to do the same thing in Nashville, bring more homes, kind of new eye to design. I mean, Nash Avenue in Austin is unlike any other street in Zilker. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and that's and that's the thing too. And it's the the clientele is getting more and more intelligent by the year. It's not only you look at a house and you look at the sales price of, the, of a house and you look at affordability, you know, and that term's kind of thrown around quite a bit, but it, it's a relative term affordable by, you know, local standards, possibly. But the other thing that people don't realize and are actually starting to catch on to real quick is how much does it actually cost me to live in this house? Mm -hmm. That's speaking to affordability. If you're going to have to pay a little bit more for a house, but you have electric bills and water bills on a monthly basis that are around 150 bucks for 2,500 square feet, that's unbelievable when in most cases you know you're you're paying 800 plus Mm -hmm. dollars for something that may not be as efficient so we put a lot of money into systems and efficiencies because it's not necessarily just what you purchase a price for or purchase a product for it's what it costs you to utilize it and live in it Mm -hmm. and yeah and i just pulled up um so the average age in nashville is 34.2 and the average or the median age in Austin is 33. Yeah, it's real close, you know. And it, even in just visiting, um, it's it's one of those things that you just you feel. Um, you step off the plane, you you get into town. There's just a feeling about Nashville that that Austin has as well. A lot of people that have never been here step foot in Austin. They're just like, wow, I see what you're saying. And I think a lot of that comes from food, though. Mm-hmm. And you know what's worse than the traffic in Austin? What's that? Getting a dinner reservation on a Saturday yeah, night. No, absolutely. My or trying wa- to get into dinner on a Saturday night without a reservation. Yep. Good luck. I know. My wife will book stuff months in advance She's as soon smart, as it's available. Smart lady. And puts it on the calendar. And again, we, we steer around food. I know. You guys on Friday night, you guys texted me and said you had a reservation for four at ABBA. Yeah, it's absolutely. four. ABBA is four months out. I know. That's, you know, she goes several she's months out and she just so books them. So good. Yeah. You know, she's like, a smart girl. Yeah. <laughs> she's got to keep me fed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the one that you really want. You really yes. want her on your side. <laughs> Absolutely, she's got the she's got the reservations. She's you know I often call her the party planner. <laughs> you know, just because if it if if she doesn't know about it, it t- typically doesn't happen. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see that. Um, well, I think that we've covered everything on set. I think the next episode. I think that we want to talk about the market in Austin because that is such a hot question. I think it's changed even from the last three months, six months, last year. So we can kind of get into that in the next episode. Absolutely. And with the, you know, the the rise in uh, interest rates, things of that nature, there there Mm -hmm. are some concerns here and there. But again, this market, just like Nashville, is, is just trucking on. Mm-hmm. So, and it's all about the base and what, what, what the city's based around, you mm-hmm. know, employment, food, activities, things of that nature. People will flock to those areas that they feel like they can live in. Yeah. And I think our next episode, we will take questions now. If you are looking, if you've been looking in Austin or you've been looking in Nashville, 
and you kind of missed that boat, um, I think send us your questions now for our next episode. Absolutely. Anything that you want from, I feel like, the godfather of construction over here. Oh, goodness. real estate development. I don't know. (laughs) I am considered an old-timer, I think, in the industry now, just for the the amount of time that I've been involved in it, but... I think you really are. Maybe we should... Maybe that should be... I think that that's going to be my, at least, new nickname for you, the godfather of construction. (laughs) Uh, How many times have I called you to have you help me? Yeah, but that's... You know, it's a never-ending learning process, and that's what's fun about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, until next week. Take care. Bye.